I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kia ora and welcome to another Aotearoa Rugby Pod. It feels like an eternity since the last podcast. So much has happened. We've had... You know, captains and coaches keep their jobs. We've had two coaches go, another coach come in, players come and go. There's so much to talk about and so many unanswered questions about Ian Foster as the attack coach. Why did John Plumtree and Brad Moore get sacked? What was wrong with what they did? What about Scott McLeod? The defence wasn't that great either. So many questions to answer, so many things to break down. In studio, James Parsonson is a very special treat. Oh, for a week. I'm yeah. stoked to be back, lads. It's, it's just good to get the energy. It's great oh, to have the energy Off the here. big screen. You can't smell the cologne on the big screen. <laughs> no, no, you can't. It's it's good for my neck as well. I don't have to be rotated towards the screen or, or show. Great to have you here, oh, I'm yeah. stoked to be here, lads. Good uh, to be here. It's great to have you. Just so you know, Bryn is about to head off to Japan. So this is his last time in studio with us. So we appreciate that. But we will have you over here. Yeah, nothing will change. Yeah, the next few months. So guys, let's get into it. There's a million questions I have for you. Let's start with what's happened over the last week. Bryn with you, as soon as you're in, we'll <coughs> the first crack. Sure. Has Enzadar missed an opportunity here to go about this in a slightly different way by easy as she does it with Jason Ryan coming in and a couple of the assistant coaches going? Um, well, it depends really I think you know there did need to be change and I think one of the areas that we we've probably talked about is you know John Plumtree and Ian Foster when it comes to the attack coach and probably the forward works when it's come to the physicality the line out where we didn't get that right in the Irish series and so you know those are probably the two guys that were probably under the most under the microscope and probably fair around their missing out um, but I guess what that has done you know it's quite funny now Two years ago, we were talking around, you know, Jason Ryan being in with Scott Robertson to be in the coaching groups, and now that he's here to be able to um, to try and help and, you know, I guess save where the All, Black, All Blacks are at the moment. I guess the biggest thing I know through, well, no doubt we'll talk about it, what Jason Ryan will bring. Um, he'll be able to fix up a lot of those things when it comes to line-out more, which it's a really tough test because you know how well the Springboks are and their line-out more, uh, but I know this, he's going to get immediate impact around how he's going to be able to change the All Blacks when it comes to that line-out more and the kind of, I guess the kind of physicality and the mindset which is probably the biggest thing that Jason Ryan could bring into that group. Mm. He has a great feel for players as well. Yeah. From the outside looking in, he, he's one of those coaches that seems that um, players sort of will go above and beyond for him mm. um, in the way he um, goes about his coaching. So I think that's a really exciting aspect for you know some positive energy going into what has been a really challenging Mm -hmm. um, time for the All Blacks and you you look at the you know sort of what Wayne Smith said over the last few days is 
that pressure of expectation is what makes the All Blacks great and you know they haven't met that and that is forced change mm -hmm. um, but like let's not let's not lose that and, and I suppose there is, there is challenging time you know like two good men um, you know departing after giving their heart and soul it's not like they weren't you know completely um, consumed by the job but as players and as coaches you go into that role you know what you're signing up for. Uh, you know that that pressure of expectation and and that um, public, you know, feedback, so to speak, especially these days with social media, is there. But what it is really challenging for is the, as I reckon, the family, yep. um, because they don't sign up for that, and it can be, um, you know, extra stress um, on those coaches that are departing, but also the players that are under pressure as well. There's there's a hell of a lot of extra stress for for their family, and um, there's been clearly a lot of internal. Um, gazing I suppose and looking at what each individual but also leadership groups coaching groups what they need to deliver to get that um, level of success back and um, sometimes touring's really mm. you know, positive yeah for for when you're in the trenches like this and, and you you feel that pressure and pressure makes diamonds and, and I think um, you know we can still have some optimism and, and self-belief that we can turn things around uh, heading to South Africa yeah so you get into a touring environment and you can flush the dunny and move on, as Steve Hansen would say? Well, I think so. I think there has been changes. So obviously, with this last week in New Zealand, you know, there's been that much media attention around who's, what's, what's, went, what's went wrong, who's going to come in. And so those kind of changes have been made. So Jason Ryan's in that role now. He's going to be able to go over there and hopefully fix around a few problems that we've talked about at length around what's been wrong with the All Blacks. But, you know, you go over to South Africa, you, gal you galvanise as a group because, you know, you're away from the public and it's probably a great time as an All Black to get away from the media with how much pressure there's been. There's been so much talk around the results, what's going wrong with the All Blacks, but you get to go over to a different country. Um, you're not, you don't feel the pressures around bringing the media into the, um, you know, to the media scrums and being able to have that added pressure. But what you are going to be able to go do over there is being able to play. You get to have, you know, those extra coffees. The preparation side of it is a lot easier. Jip, you know, when, we, when you travel over oh, to South Africa, nice. the preparation you can do with coffees, being in and around the environment for 24 hours with teammates, doing those extra things where, you know, they'll be able to um, have those communications and have those talks around, you know, hopefully having a, you know, a successful two games over there and we get back on the winning track where we need to be. Yeah, and, and don't underestimate that, um, I suppose, uh, ability to look at your own game and, like uh, you'd be the same, Bryn. When yeah. when you play a poor performance, your next game is normally your best because you you really have a good look at why that performance was the way it is. And I think there, you know, will be a lot of guys that are going to run out against the Springboks that are that are looking to really make a statement. And I think that's exciting for one, you know, the leadership opportunity for the follow me. Let's this is where we're going, and for the other guys to just step up, do their role. Um, at 100% and allow that opportunity for them to play that all-black rugby. Mm. That was one of the key disappointments about the third Irish test, wasn't it? Because it should have been that. It should have been we played poorly in the second game, we played better in the third, and it went backwards. Yeah, but I, I think there, there still would have been some you know, reflection and they would have wanted to improve. But, you know, sometimes, like, uh, this is why I struggle with this, is because I do want to credit Ireland. Like, they played really well. You know, it wasn't due to an all-black's poor performance. They, they played their, their game um, to the T and, and really executed it, which you know, put the All Blacks under pressure and, and you know, led to poor decisions in, in the game. But I guess, I, I guess the thing that I'm wondering is, you know, there's been a lot of chat around our attack, and if you look at Ireland through that test series, how many times they question us with different variety with the attack with the All Blacks. And so, you know, can they do that in two weeks? You know, what does it look like? So whether, you know, Fozzie was holding back in, you know, plays and that kind of stuff to be able to not show the Irish and do it too early out from the World Cup, but 
Now I think he's got to get into a position where he has to show his hand because he's under that much pressure where he needs to win now. So, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. The only variation that we really saw was hitting that third, that third attacker. And so are they going to be able to adapt? Are they going to show um, improvements in that phase play shape? Because, to be honest, in the third test, in the whole test series, I think the Irish attack consistently asks us questions, whether that be four or five favours in with their first phase play shapes off their maps, or was six, or was the 12th or the 15th phase. They were always asking questions with different variety around their attacks. So, you know, whether the All Blacks can do that in, in a short amount of time, I'm not too sure, but I think there needs to be massive improvements around their attack, um, especially with what we saw in that test match series against Ireland. I have to... Uh you have to believe they can. Like we've seen a lot of these players play phenomenal footy in Super Rugby, and it was only a. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I think you know, a lot of their success was clarity of role, mm -hmm. um, bodies in motion at the line, getting you know good long cleans and quick ball, and they use their switch a lot. You know, like we're capable of that, and and maybe simplifying it. You know, that may sound stupid because everyone's saying our attack isn't good, but maybe simplifying it, and you know going a little bit old school and being direct and, and making sure you start the game, you know, win those collisions and set the tone and then bring in the alternatives later once you've sucked the life out of the defence. But it's really that recycle of ball, you know, getting carries over the game line, quick cleans, ball up and playing that style that, you know, we have been. And I also think, to your point, you know, there's a lot of talk around attack, but, you know, the defence has allowed, um, you know, probably a couple of penalties for Ireland to piggyback down the field and against the Springboks we know that the mall is their thing that's what they go to so yep I, I agree you know no doubt there'll be a shift um, with Jace Ryan um, in there and that's his bread and butter you saw it with Fiji against the All Blacks how, how they took them on up there and he'll be looking to do the same and I just I don't know like the big thing about malls is just not letting them have the opportunity and so much of that is just taking that half a metre not being too eager at the breakdown and giving that penalty away to give them the option to get in there first. And I think there's one thing that I think there's going to be improvements around that. Like we, we know how successful and how hard it is to stop the South African mall, but Jason Ryan, that's his bread and butter. He can, he's been able to do that. You know, whether that be at the Crusaders, I know it's different at international level. It's a lot different. It's a higher state and you've got a lot of the higher the caliber of the players, but you know, five for, for six years, he was able to not one team score a line out more against us. And so, yes, that comes back to, I think, you know, technically and tactically within that moment, Jip, you've got to be able to have a real clear role around what you line out more and what you need to do in that. Players were well motivated as well. well that, and that's it. And so, <laughs> there's a, but that, where it comes to that point, it's the mindset as well. Something, play, you know, you're playing for your team, but you're playing for your forwards and the, I guess the, um, the pride to not let someone score against you. And there was a bit of uh, added incentive for us to be able to not score tries against us. But I know he'll be able to change that around and he'll be able to get the best out of the All Blacks. And, you know, we'll probably, whether we see scenes of five, six years where they don't score line out more, but you'd like to think that, you know, it might be seven or eight games where they don't score tries against them. His one advantage, though, he's coached Fiji and studied the All Blacks and where they potentially were weak mm. to take advantage of it. So he's got a lot of intel already from being on the other side. So he will be able to make small adjustments. And, and malls are, you know, just small adjustments. It's timing, it's it's your ability not to overachieve and push them around the corner. It's, um, you know, understanding that feel of it. And, you you, you know, it's malls that it like sort of goes against the, you know, pressure of less resistance. So it'll move with that. If you just give a good solid platform or, you know, really take them aggressively towards the sideline, you know, or you go for the good old adage, which I thought we did really well, um, and I've mentioned it a couple of times in the World Cup against the Springboks, um, when we won in pool play, is just sacking it. Mm. You know, Kieran Reid was one of the best at it and just ripping it down, they can't get it going. So there's options there, and it's not 
like rocket science. Mm. It's just timing and um, you know accuracy and execution, which all those players are capable of. So it, it's the basics. It's not necessarily <coughs> the tactic that's going wrong. It's the basics that's not going right there. Uh, I think it's look. Sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, but what I'm just saying is, having ex been a player in teams when they're under this amount of pressure, sometimes decluttering and unloading and just going back to the simple aspects of what you're trying to achieve brings the best out of you and, and gives you that clarity of mind to just yeah. play. Yeah, I think, and that's the, the perfect thing that Gypsy here, it's your clarity of your, let's just use the example of the line-out more, right? Obviously, I'm not a line-out more specialist here, Gyp, <laughs> but I've been in enough unit sessions with our, when I was at the Crusaders under Jason Ryan, how, you know, the accountability of your role in that moment, what you need to do, and you need to get that right. Like you said, if you, you know, if you want to be, a, not a hero, but if you get your time right where you want to try and make a play and you overplay your hand, you know, there might be some way you're going around the corner, it opens up to be able to come on the other side, and you can go around the front door or something, or something like that. So the expectation of your role to be able to not score that many more tries for that many years, you've got to be able to have the accountability on the players to get that right and show them pitches to, mm. to like what they need, what they need to do in that moment, because you can have, you know, seven or eight line-out moves in a game, you need to be on every single time. So that comes back to coaching, preparation, and then executing your role at that pressure. What's Jason Ryan's style in that way? Is he a taskmaster? Is he a guy who talks through gently uh, how to do things? How does he approach it? Oh, he's pretty, he's pretty red dot, very, um, he'll tell you how it is. But I think the good thing about Mutt is that he's got a pretty good understanding that you can't always talk to people like one person. And I guess the day and age with, with now with players is that you can't say, you can't be a dictator and say, this is the way you do it, this is how you do it. You've got to be able to, some guys, some guys don't respond to that. So it's having an ability about how do I get the best out of them to try and communicate that in a constructive way to be able to, I need you to do this. And so through his time, you know, Jace has done really, really well. And like, to be honest, it's not that long ago with Jace, he was analysis at um, the cruise for, for Canterbury, Razor's brought him in for a job. And, you know, he was doing my sky to be able to be analysis. He didn't really know how to be able to like be a coach, but got put in that position to come come and learn. And 10 years later, you'd arguably say he's probably the, one of the best world, um, best forward coaches in the world. And it comes back to that kind of mindset that he has and his ability to, most importantly, I think in this day and age, understand people's personalities and then getting the best out of that player when they need it. And one hell of a work ethic. Yeah. Oh. Like he dots his I's and crosses his T's. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and do we feel that's what Plumtree and Moore weren't doing and that's why they've got the flick? No, I think that would be unfair. Like, I, I don't think anyone goes into coaching mm. and doesn't understand what commitment. Like, Both guys have had a lot of success in their coaching yeah. career. Like, It would be too easy to just blame that. Um, I, without being in there, it's hard to comment because I don't think it is lack of effort. Yeah. Um, but we're a results-based business and the All Blacks have such a high expectation mm. and I revert back to what Wayne Smith, we do not want to lose that because that's what makes us so great. Yes it doesn't need to be, you know, I think Wayne Smith used that he had, you know, he didn't have social media, he didn't read the papers but they started sending him letters in the mail of abuse, you know, with yeah. social media these days it's a little bit easier but it's always going to be there and, and it's, it's about, you know, having the optimism, self-belief and it's the dogged determination to get it right. Yeah. Um, and those are the, I know the players and the coaching group have the ability to do that. And you don't become a player or a coach at that level without optimism, without self-belief and mm. some serious amount of determination, which are three key cogs going into what will be a, a really revealing tour of South Africa. Mm.
Mm. I, I just don't feel like we, we've been given an answer on and I suppose we won't based on what you said earlier about the pressure that goes on families and people when they leave a, a real answer about what Plumtree and Moore did wrong other than what we can see in that the attack wasn't working and the forwards were dysfunctional so at times yeah. and, and you know the line out was probably inconsistent as well those kind of things so I suppose that's there that leads to the question about the defensive frailties because we saw the defense open up especially early regularly Scott McLeod, is he a bit lucky not to be under the microscope? I think he'll continue to be under the, the, the microscope because just with how it's been going. So, you know, I know there's a review around the next two games, what that's going to look like, but you'd like to think that he's going to continue on to the Rugby World Cup. But I don't think it's all, it's all on, on Scott McLeod. I think individually as players, you've, you've got to be able to have the accountability to be able to get your job right with whatever that is in that position. So whether the preparation's right, you don't, we're not in that environment to understand if like, you know, if, if the right messages are being told, but you know, just looking at, at the All Blacks and, you know, I look at the example of when James Lowe set up that try on the inside in the, in the third test match in Wellington, you've got to be able to communicate and being able to have those micro comms with players right next to you. So, um, you know, whether that's happening in training or whether that's happening on the field, because I look at the difference with, with Ireland, whether that be on attack or defence, they're all, they're all animated, they're all engaged, they've all got a purpose and, and a role with what they're doing. So I think that's where we're a little bit behind. And so whether that's, you know, the coaches have, can identify that, understand that, are they working collectively, 14, 15 people, everybody on the same page and trying to work together? Or is it eight or nine? Is it 10 or 11? And so at the moment, the guys that have switched off just a touch, whether it be a moment in a game, that's where we're getting that's where we're getting done. And that just shows how well Ireland are and they consistently keep asking you questions. So I don't think we're going to get that in South Africa because I think the level of attack that the South Africans have towards what the Irish have, we won't get as many questions answered against us. You'd like to think, I don't know, the, the South Africans could come out and play a completely different style, but from what we've seen, the attacking side isn't as good as the Irish. So you'd like to think there'd be a lot more improvement in being able to, um, I guess, nullify their attack get turnovers and put more pressure on um, the, the, the South Africans than we did against the Irish. Yeah, and don't underestimate, um, you know, the feeling of chasing a game. So defensively, sometimes players will want to solve the issue themselves and they create a chink in the armour as such. And, and Johnny Sexton's one of the best at mm. choosing the right option to exploit that. And it's not through lack of will, lack of desire. It's actually from the opposite is they're trying to solve the issue and really get up fast but they forget that you know your, your D-line's only as strong as your weakest link and if, if it's two big boys or someone that's been out there 70 minutes and you've just come on fresh and you're trying to set the tone. But that bit of space, mm. like you talk about with Lowe, is, is where they um, you know, made great decisions and had the ability to exploit it. Um, so I, I, yeah, it's just potentially in different positions in the All Black jersey has created some defensive um, desire to, to go solve the problem mm. on your own rather than together. Mm. Were they more passive? They felt more passive, like the line speed wasn't maybe as strong as you'd remember them to be. The difference is, is that when you're getting quick ball, and whether it be at the breakdown, yeah, you can't get set. And so if, you're, if you do a job at the breakdown, we've talked a lot around collisions and physicality at the breakdown to be able to own that contact area. If you don't get that right, you can't be, a, you can't be set early, you can't be outside alignment, you can't communicate to the person next to you. And so when you're consistently on the back foot, it comes back to those things that Jip's saying around, oh, I need to make a play here, I'm not in the right position. Is he thinking what I'm thinking? And so, like you said uh, with the Irish, how many times were they able to break us because their quick ball was just so quick that we couldn't be set and we weren't on the same page. So that's what it comes back, really just comes back down. We've, we've harped upon this point, Ross, I don't know for how long. <laughs> the physicality at the breakdown and being able to slow down the ball mm. sorts out 
pretty much everything when it comes to defence. And so that's where probably another area, Jip, you probably think that the All Blacks need to try and nullify and get it get right. Yeah, and, and you know that's going to be direct. Yeah. <laughs> you know the Springbok's going to be direct. So it's you know making sure that they're you know, four legs versus two rather than the other way around when the Springboks like to latch and they have four legs. Um, having the ability to get that to the ground, you know, we've got guys that are some of the best exponents over the ball and, and either slowing down, buying defences time or getting the penalty. Um, so again, I know it sounds simplistic, but sometimes it's just tackle choice and ruck decision making. Yep. And if you get it right and you get the balance and you get numbers on feet, you buy yourself time, gives you the ability to communicate, then you're solving answers together. Mm -hmm. But if they win the collision, we put too many bodies in breakdowns or we don't number up the right side, yeah. it just gives... Um, and, and that's a really good point, I think, the decision-making. And I think that's probably the Northern Hemisphere teams I find, their decision-making at rucks are just a little bit better than us at the moment. And so when you've got that, you know, whether you think you've got to go hunt for a ball or you're like, you know what, we've got dominant collision here, we can go straight through because we've got, we're dominant, we're dominant in that tackle. Or so we've lost the breakdown here, we didn't get the contact we wanted, then we can just spread out and then we can make the next time we get an opportunity to be dominant tackle on the ball and it's that cycle again. So I, I actually think it's tackle choice as well. Like mm. I use England example, they, they were fantastic at the breakdown and, and a lot of their tackle choice is just low. Get them to the deck as fast as possible, then we'll get our big boys on the ball. Um, and I think that's a massive factor. It's not about going ego versus ego, mm. just get Itzabeth on the ground and give our hunter the chance to get over the ball um, and, and just you know keep it that simple. Yeah, I agree. agree. What about Ian Foster and him taking the attack coach role back again and maybe getting some assistance from an attacking strategist and new selector Joe Schmidt? Does that feel like the right solution here? Oh, look, he's got a hell of a lot of experience in it. Um, and they do need that experience, and with a helping hand like Joe Schmidt, you know, when he was coaching on, he was quite innovative. He had plays, um, so he, he'll be a guiding influence. Um, and you know, like I don't know, I'm always someone that you've got to stick, um, you know, together when the pressure's on. Um, and, and I think they've done that as best as they can after looking really hard at each other and, and taking some ownership that they've they've you know sort of had that hard conversation, but now it's about let's get on. Um, and, and we don't know, we're not privy to the conversations if anyone else was an option. And we don't know, mm. you know, like there's so much going to it. Um, mm. You know, until we, like you say, we, we don't know the information, so it's hard to make comment. But I think someone of his experience and of Joe's, um, I think they'll be in, held in good stead, personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen Plumtree and more go, but it's not even <coughs> fire someone in New Zealand. It takes a million warning messages and a pretty well-written contract in order to um, get people yeah. mostly. So I suppose the question is, when they go to that review after the Springbok series, if they haven't won again, Bryn, do you feel like there might be changes then, or is it too late? That's a really good question, man. Um, look, I think... I think a realistic goal, I think if it's 1-1, I think they're going to be safe. I think if it's 2-0, and there's been no changes around the areas that we've talked about, whether that be on attack, defence, they're still the same mistakes that they're making after the two, the two test match series and we haven't got the results, then I think it will change. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I said this a couple of weeks ago, we don't, have enough, we don't have a lot of time to be able to make these decisions. So, look, you know, if it's, if it's 2, if it's, we lose a test match 0-2, we don't win it, then... You'd like to think, based on the results, you probably need change. But if it's 1-1 and you get that result over there and you see changes with what 
we've missed, whether it be set piece, being able to get that right with the line out more, our attack, defensive shifts that we probably need to make as well. If you've seen improvements in that, then I think they'll be safe. But if we don't see that and it's the exact same stuff that we've seen and we're having this conversation in about you know, a month's time, then we've wasted time and we probably need to have a change. Can't make the assumption that, you know, let's say it like Razor wants it either, mm. you know, like, and you don't want too much disruption. Like there's, I don't think it's just a results um, based review. Like it's, it's, you know, it's stripping it back and look, I'm still optimistic that, you know, we can come away, you know, with both, both games being won. And I think being away from home touring is a massive factor and, you know, them being able to clear their heads, get their mindset right, and and make a statement like they won't be, no player will be enjoying this, no right. coach will be enjoying this, and as I said before, like you're not, you don't get to where they get to without determination to make it right, and, and their full focus, you know, twenty four seven will be that first test against the Springboks and making sure that on the day they they front up and deliver. But there has to be some form of accountability as well. Like it's, I'm very optimistic as well, Chip. I think there's there's enough players for, for us to be able to get it right. Like you don't become a bad team or bad players in a, a one test series, but I think you have to be able to show some form of growth and improvement around the areas. That, that, oh, that look, hundred percent. I'm just saying, let's not make assumptions that there's a queue of people lining up. That's mm. all. Like we don't know that. There may be, but there mm. may not be. Like we we can't just like raises his own man. He might he might, you know, want to coach the barbars. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose that is an assumption, but I suppose the other assumption is that, you know, if you get offered the All Blacks job, it doesn't come up very often. If it comes at you, you've got to take it because it might be another 10 years. Yeah, Like yeah. Dave Reddy haven't had the opportunity and would have been probably an outstanding one. I think, coach. you know, you're going to have to get those ducks in a row mm. prior to knowing what the test was. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you can't, you're losing time. Yeah. And, and you can't handle much more disruption. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. To give yourself the best chance, you need yeah. to have some sense of control. Yeah, I, I suppose looking from an outsider's point of view, looking from a journalist's point of view, looking from a fan who's commenting on Facebook's point of view, the disruption is real. Like, there's a lot of chat and there's a lot of people who wanted the exact opposite to what's happened, happen. Mm. It's, is it fair? Do you, think, do you think the conversation, the way that it's playing out, whether it's the media reporting or whether it's the people commenting on Facebook, do you think that the way that the conversation is being had is fair on Ian Foster and his crew? It might not be fair, and I don't think it's just coaches that have come under fire. There's plenty of players that have come under fire as well. I don't think you know it's fair, but I think the people in those roles, um, you know, you almost expect it. Well, I yeah. certainly do as a player. Yep. You know, like it, it is comes with the territory. I'm not saying it's right, mm. but it does come from the territory. I always think it's a lot harder for the for your support network. Yeah. Because it's hard to read that stuff about someone you love so dearly every mm. day. That, that, but whereas the person in the role, you know, you, you know what's coming. And you it, sign up for it. Yeah, and especially at All Black level. Like, you know, Ross, when, when was the last time you would have seen an All Black under this much scrutiny or the coaches or at any time? You know, so long ago. But the expectation for us, and unfortunately with how so successful we are and how dominant we've been for so long, the expectation is for us to win. You know, and we should never really lose that drive. That you know, we want to be, we want to be world leading. We want to be the best um, team in the world. We want to have the best players, and we want to be playing a brand of footy that us Kiwis that we're so accustomed to see. So, we shouldn't lose it. And our expectation shouldn't be that of the All Blacks. So, it's great to see that there have been some form of changes. And I know it's really tough for those people that have, have lost, been, have, have been, um, have lost their positions. But you know, for, I guess for the Kiwis, there has been some form of change that you know we're seeing. Like we're going in a different direction here.
Yeah, and I think, like, I sorry to revert back to Wayne Smith's comments, but he said, like, some of the most exhilarating moments in his coaching career is when you've hit rock mm. bottom and you come out the other side mm. and, and, you, and you make a statement with, you know, improved performances and, and you know, basically showing everyone you, you are as good as that. And he said that's one of the most um, satisfying things in yep. his coaching career, and he's the guru. Um, so... Yeah, I, I just think don't give it. We don't need to give up hope just yet. Like, there's a lot of quality players which Definitely, we've seen yeah. again play through Super Rugby and deliver, and these coaches have been, you know, in these positions before. Maybe not at Test match level, but the Chiefs, you know, Fozzie's had, um, you know, a long career with the Chiefs that, you know, made the final. I think it was in his last year, but also seasons that haven't. So it's. You know, maybe not to this level of pressure and, mm -hmm. and scrutiny, but he, he's definitely, yeah. um, you know, felt it and got through the other side yeah. before. And I think a lot of players have been through that as well because you know you go through 100%. you go through environments where you're not playing well. You come together as leadership groups, as coaches. You come along. Like I look at our experience in Australia, like you know, for that long that period we lost to the Waratahs, it was a real you know we got more so reached rock, rock bottom losing that game and not playing how we wanted to do, but. The accountability and the understanding from players and, and coaches, we all came together and really galvanised the fact that we're away from home and we could solve it with each other. And so you'd like to think that it's going to be a similar example for the All Blacks going over. A lot of players in that environment have experienced, and you know, whether it be at Super Rugby level, Test match level, um, going on a bit of um, adversity, they'll be able to come together and hopefully have the solutions to be able to come forward. And you know what? We've got a great Test match, a great opportunity to be able to rectify a lot of things and put out um, performance that we can be proud of and hopefully come away with the win in these next two test matches. And we spoke about the power of the vulnerability to say, hey, I'm, I haven't been at my best. Yep. And, I, and you, you'd have to think that's happened over the last week. It almost sent, it, it, it does galvanise you together to be like, we, we're in this together. No one's trying to hide here. Let's so solve the issue. Yep. Um, and the amount of experience that's in that All Black camp, like you know there's going to be... Well, I, I believe the senior leaders will probably play some of the best rugby we've seen in a long yep. time. Definitely. I feel like the players have been very vulnerable. I feel like the players uh, from Artie post-match, Dane Coles is always very truthful. You know, those people, they're, they're putting it out there. I feel like maybe this is a learning curve for the coaches because for a long time, the All Blacks coach is supposed to be resolute. The sport all is supposed to be hard, almost emotionless. You think back the way that Steve Hansen, Graham Henry, all the way back to Alex Wiley and the men before them, you don't see All Blacks coaches in the media being vulnerable. You see them being confident, you see them being strong, but you don't see them being vulnerable. And I feel like maybe that is one lesson they need to learn from this. The conversation has to be fairly honest and probably a little less held back. Yeah, but I don't think that's the make or break for them to do it publicly. I'm saying that if they can show that vulnerability, mm -hmm. like Bryn used as an example of the Crusaders coaching group in, um, when they lost to the Waratahs, saying, hey, we haven't got our, uh, this right, we haven't dotted our, crossed our T's. It made, it, it made space for the players to go, actually, we haven't either. And then they got on the same page. So th when I'm saying about that vulnerability throughout the group, it doesn't need to be public for mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. but it's very powerful when it's done in, in, in that camp, but I understand that you know people want that um, as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I'm just saying, if that is happening in camp and we don't know about it, that that's a very strong and motivating tool to bring the best out of everyone. Yep. Okay, let's move on to the next little part of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, that's three hours down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the intensity continues. Yeah. This is like a review. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> 
Um, look, let's have a look at the squad as well, because there's been some changes. Obviously, Sam Kane is still in charge. Let's start there, maybe. I know that you're a big fan and you believe this is the right decision. Yeah, I do. And, and, and I think sometimes, you know, some of his efforts have been glossed over and we've spoken. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Talking about that, and, and the players want him as the skip, and that's always a powerful, you know, tool to me. It's a, it's a good judge that they want to play for him. Um, and he is a sort of guy that will... Um, you know, only be motivated by this challenge and, and he'll take it on head first. Um, I don't think he, you know, we, we all, I don't think he'll be ignoring the noise, you know, like he'll know it's there, but he'll, he'll turn it into a, um, you know, I suppose a glass half full yeah. approach and, and do something special in South Africa. And it's not, it just doesn't fall onto Sam as well, being no. the captain of the All Blacks. It comes back to the senior leader groups within the group and there's that much experience in that team that'll be able to be solution focused saying look you don't need to be able to worry about everything we'll take certain things from you that you don't need to worry about and so Sam can just concentrate what he needs to do and he might have one or two things it might be the messaging at the back end of the week that might be his role and then he gives the other he gives the other players to be able to you can speak here you can do this or, or whatever it may be so it doesn't just fall on Sam and I know you know public will think it's, it's all on Sam but I know that um, you know he'll he'll go over there and be able to have a really good support system through the, the, the leaders that'll be in that group wanting to help him. And then also the coach, the coaches trust him as well. Fozzie's come out and said, he's our man. You know, so when you've got your coach coming out and saying, I trust you through all the noise that's been coming through the media and that, um, it gives you confidence as a player to be able to go out there and say, you know what, I'm the All Black captain and, and I should be. Mm. Are there any other options? I mean, is he, he out and out the, the straight up guy? Or I, mean, I suppose you've got Sam and you've got Artie, you've got these other guys there. Is, are there any of them a reasonable option as a replacement? <laughs> You could, but you just... They're going to yeah. be involved anyway, yeah. like in the mm. leadership group. Like, it's it's gone of the days of just, you know, the captain's everything. Mm. You know, you've got to spread that load and, um, you know, they're still on the field. They've still got the ability to say what they're thinking tactically. You've got Bowden at first five um, or Richie, who are both, you know, tactically astute. Um, so it's not necessarily always Sam's decision either. Like, they'll, they, they're the game drivers. They'll be putting them in the position. Um, and, and I say again, the players want to play for him. And that's very, very important when mm. you're a captain. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The players in the squad, Shannon Frizzell and Ethan DeGroot come back. I think a lot of people were surprised that they weren't in the squad in the first place, but they're fit now, according to Ian Foster, and that's why they're back. They weren't fit enough before. Peter Gusto Akula has got to be the most hard-done-by hard guy in the squad. Did he put a foot wrong? 
Look, I don't think he did. Like he was, um, we don't see throughout the week, obviously. Um, but you know, apart from a couple of errors, like he was, yeah. he was. But they're going into the quadrant. Experience of that quadrant is key. Shannon has that um, experience, and he, he he's a different player. He he has a different. He's he's a you know, staunch defender, tough carry six. Um, Proven. Yeah, proven, proven, and with yeah, that experience of what they're going into is, is crucial. Um, I also think um, Akira's performance may have um, opened up the opportunity for, for changing up the makeup because he was so strong, um, especially in attack. What he showed, it was one of his better tests yeah. um, in a losing effort. So that always can play a part in, in selecting the squad. And I think they've probably seen him as an eight as well. You know, the times that he did come on, he was at eight. So I think, you know, they see Shannon as a, as a genuine six. You know, he's got the ability to be able to cover lock, but, you know, they obviously have Peter Gus, he could play six at a pinch, but he's played predominantly a lot at eight. And also with the injuries at lock, yep. I mean, Scott will, you know, yep. be in, in yep. a locking position, yep. not covering six. So yep. you do need that cover. Yeah, so that's what, yeah, that's what it means. Yeah, like, you know, with, with Brody being out for such a long period of time, you probably lose Scott wanting to be at that six area now. So, okay, what do we need? We need an out and out six. And look, Shannon does that. You know, he's been injured in that, but hope, you know, the coaches have probably seen that he's gone away, worked on when he needed to. And I think, you know, first and foremost as well, he's a proven all black. And it gives you what we need in that six. And prior role. to injury, he was playing some oh, of his yeah. body for the Highlanders. Yeah. So, um, he, he's got that confidence to draw on to come back on. Yeah, I suppose Carl Tuinukuafe is just a given because I mean, it was a surprise he was in the squad in the first place. He's leaving. So yeah, I don't yeah. think his knees are handy either. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so I, I think there might have been some injury concerns around him. So um, yeah, as you say, he, he's departing and, and a man a great learning opportunity for someone like Ethan, who I think has you know had some pretty strong performances, especially at scrum time throughout the season. And mm, especially in the back um, end. it'll be a great. Great tour for him and, and his growth moving forward because he's got he's got a long future in that jersey if mm. he sticks to it. Mm. Who's unlucky to miss out on the squad? You probably well, you probably think Cullen Grace would be the one guy that you probably would think uh, is there enough room for him? Because off off the back of the Maldives performance, yeah, you know probably Cullen and Brad can yeah, you know, I, th I think Brad was really strong as well. Um, yeah, but man, you can't. How can you drop Hoskins? He didn't get to play a game, and yeah. um, you know Artie was. Probably our player of the tour, yeah. um, or the the three test series. So, uh, yeah, tough then, spot yeah. for Lucy's. And like like we've said at the start of the year, there's just so much. It's a, such a hotly contest, contested spot that unfortunately, you know, he's got a, he's going he's to play NPC with Bunnings NPC, and he's been able to like continue to keep playing. So, if there are injuries, then you know you'd probably have to it's think Kelly Kelly yeah. straight in there. But it is tough when you know, for a guy that you know. If you look around his resilience, you know, missing out on an All Black score where there's been a lot of chat around him, playing well in the final series, then playing for the, for the Mouldy against an Irish team that we've talked about, um, hyped up a lot. So, look, he's ticking all the right boxes, but unfortunately, you know, sometimes there's guys that are um, in that position that are um, that are there. There's so many in that in that spot. You just got to be able to take your time in. And um, you'd like to think if there's an injury, Cullen Grace would probably be there. And like again, I I agree with you when it comes to Brad. Yep. Um, though I thought Brad was great in that in that Irish Test match. Um, when he played when they won that first game but um, again they've backed Falau mm -hmm. as that project around he brings something different and he does he brings something different than any other New Zealand halfback but um, at the same time you know you've got a, an experienced guy there who's proven again like Shannon Frizzell and if there are injuries then you'd have to think that Brad would be the next cab off the ring for sure. I just love both Brad and TJ like they're just going to keep knocking at that door mm. you know that's what I love about both their character um, mm. you know both of them played extremely well and 
um, you know, you, you won't be able to rest on your laurels in that nine spot um, in that all black environment. And that brings the best out of the other three yep. because they know there's people snapping at their heels. And yep. it would be harsh to drop a halfback considering the ball they were fed. Like, you know, you can't yep. really blame a halfback when they're not winning up front, can you? Yeah. But there is a lot of things than just passing a ball. I think you can you can influence games in, in other ways. You know, so whether that be defensively, your role to be able to understand the, the, the defensive system, get that right, be a great communicator, which is really important. You know, your box kicking is really important as well. You can influence in that game, whether that be contestable kicks, getting that execution right, or looking for long territory for 50-22. So, yes, the core role for a halfback, in New Zealand, and especially in the New Zealand game, is to get it right when it comes to your passing, getting that quick ball. But there's still ways that you can influence a game that it just doesn't come back to passing. So hopefully some of those areas as well, um, the other halfbacks and those, and those um, with the All Blacks, they can hit those, those marks as well. Were you expecting Josh Dixon to be the next cab off the rank as far as locking is concerned as a travelling reserve? Yeah, probably. You know, like he has had a good couple of seasons and, and perform, his performance, I suppose, against Ireland yeah. helps him. You know, like he's showing he's up to that level. So... Um, it'll be awesome for his growth as well. Like, um, you know, they have lent heavily on Bryn Evans down in the Highlanders and it's, it's a great opportunity for him to sort of take the mantle um, around that, you know, sole leader of the line-out, um, both attack and defence, and um, he'll, he'll get plenty of reps over there as well, which will, will only better his um, performances when he comes back to yeah. NBC. It's probably only two guys you'd probably think that um, you'd think would be another person that would have been there. You've got like Quinton Strange, who probably just hasn't played enough rugby. Mm. He was selected, you know, a couple of years ago, but just unfortunately hasn't been able to play on the field. And you've got Putty Putty Parkinson, who's injured, mm-hmm. as hasn't been able to play. Those are probably the two guys that you'd yeah, think well, that would Yeah, well, and we had Jared Cully too, I yeah, believe, to he's gone now. So there was a couple that potentially yeah. were ahead of him, yeah. but um, he's, he's fought yeah. his way in there. And then, and then now you go to like, if you go past that, it's just really young guys like, like Zach Gallagher. Selby Rickett. Selby Rickett, who's been probably one guy that has played a little bit more, with a bit more experience, but, um, you know. You Josh know. Goodhue's off I think so there's a, yeah. there's a bit of movement there's Darry Sam Darry yeah. um, so Callum yeah. Grace probably not a, not, a, not, a, not a lock not at a that level test match lock. Yeah. not a test match lock he did a great f- line out exponent yeah. don't get me wrong he's very much of the Kieran Reid mould and yeah. he knows his line outs yeah. um, but oof, she's a big job yeah. getting in there it'd be a pinch it'd be a pinch let alone playing at Chris for the Chris so he did that for one week I think when we had COVID but to do it at test level you're going up here it's a bit and probably the, one of the best locking shows in the in the world so um, yeah it's tough Kelly to be able to have that lock position John Plumtree was part of the selection team before he left now Jason Ryan's not part of the selection team necessarily but I'm sure he'll have some input and he's obviously a big fan of Cullen Grace do you think that maybe that could be a door opening a little bit for Cullen Grace and bringing his skills into the All Blacks because there's a lot of comment about him not being there. Well, I think like it's like anything, when you miss selection, it's only one man's opinion, and when you get selected, it's only one man's opinion. I don't think any player ever rests on their laurels mm. and expects to get picked. So every time there's a squad announcement, I don't think, you know, it doesn't even matter if, you know, I think if you ask Richie McCaw, you, he would never make the assumption that he was going to pick when we all yeah. know he would. But... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not a player's mindset because mm. I think when you have that mindset, that's when you, you're setting yourself up for a big yeah. fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a, it's going to be a different opinion in the mix, but there's consistency there. It's, if, I think it was three, was it? Was it? Five? Oh, I suppose, no, because Schmidt's only coming in for Grant now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there could be change. I don't know. But yeah. your your only form of currency as a player is your performance. Yeah, it is. So you just got to... Yeah. You've got to yeah. deliver. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, who's going to deliver? What do you see a 23 shaping up as, guys? Well, the big fella's got it. The big fella's oh, got it yeah. on the old yeah. uh, iPad. Yeah. Have you, you just got it in here. 
I'll just pick his apart. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to name the 23, who yeah, I think go. it would be? Yeah. Okay, I've got George Bauer at, uh, starting at prop. Cody Taylor, I've got I've got highlighted. Could see, I could see like Tokiaho. I just think with this performance and how he's played, he's probably due a chance whether that it's going to happen or not. So, but I've gone Cody, I've gone Uffa, uh, Sam Whitelock, I've gone Tupo, I've gone Scott, Scott Barrett or Tupo Vai, probably go Scott Barrett, Aki through his performance um, in the last test match, Sam Kane, Adi Severe, um, Aaron Smith, I've actually gone Richie at 10, I think it's probably just due a chance to be able to um, to try have a go in the test match, I think both of them deserve an opportunity and Bodu was able to do that through the first three three test matches of the year. I've gone David and Rico at 13, well, I think with Jack Goodhue not, not travelling, um, it probably just leaves Rico as that centre option and they're probably going to stick with him, which I think is probably good for his um, ability to be able to play more in that position. I've gone Sebu on the left wing, Will Jordan at fullback, but I'd actually have Will at, I'd have Will at fullback for me personally. Um, but I think they'll choose Geordie. But so I've got Will on the wing, um, and then I've gone Tokiaho or Coles. Um, I couldn't actually pick the props. I was going to leave that to you. I've gone Ross and Nepo for that. Yeah. Um, but then I've gone Tupo Vai, Dalton. I've actually got Finlay Christie. I think he's man. I think he's just due an opportunity, Joe. Oh, yeah. I just think um, I know Falao brings something different, but I think Reed and the I ability. I thought he brought great energy in that first. Test I agree. Too. Yeah. So I understand the reason why they keep picking Falao because he brings something different. The attacking, attacking um, prowess that he has, but I just mean I'd have Reed um, and I'm sorry, uh, Finlay Christie. On, <laughs> Finlay Christie. I've got Bodie on the bench, and then 23. I've got it's either going to be so I've got Braids, Lester, or um, or Rog, but couldn't pick of them. You've got to probably have a centre winger, and probably Braden fits that mould. I don't think Rog does. He's probably just the second five centre at a pinch, but so I'd probably pick Braids if I had to. My philosophy in the 23 is, again, it's an opportunity for least amount of disruption, personally. I just think there's been enough peripheral disruption, keeping um, it as close to what it was. Potentially, the talking areas that you're talking about is, is hooker, um, but I think it has to be Taylor or Coles um, and, and Tokiaho definitely off the bench, um, just because that experience, yep. that that that. As I said before, there'll be a lot of leaders wanting to make a statement, and those guys are, are, are big leaders in that, and that'll bring the best out of either of them. Um, I agree with you on Aki, but you know potentially Shannon could come into the mix there. Um, but I think Akira um, is, is, deserves another crack, mm. um, absolutely, because it wasn't just his physical prowess. He was getting up. He got a line-out steal defensively. He was putting pressure on um, Ireland's ball. So sometimes it's those things are you know not taken. Um, you know, and probably not pumped up as much the the dogged work that Akira does. Um, like there was obviously the highlight reel stuff, but uh, he did a lot of um, dirty work as well. Um, Ten, I, I just don't think you want to like disrupt that. Same with the midfield, I think you keep that um, the same. But won't be surprised if they change it up. But at some point, they're going to need to make a decision to give one of them confidence. Do you reckon it's ten out of Richie and Bodie? Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, and and they've got to get that. Um, runs on the board and belief in themselves. Um, if they keep chopping and changing based on um, losses, which I know is, <laughs> sounds stupid, but um, someone just needs to be given the saddle and, and go yep. for it. I think their decision is going to be pretty soon, I reckon, AJ. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, we've got two new people into maybe the. I don't know. Is Ryan going on in the selection panel? I don't, I don't I, know. I don't know. They yeah, haven't but seen Schmidt's definitely that. going to be there, so he'll he'll have an opinion on it. Mm. Um, yeah, Ross and Nepo, um, Dalton, Tupo, yeah, it was all, all pretty much the same. Um, I do like your idea of Braden Enor. Mm. I just think, man, he's, he's, he's a great 23 option. 
Um, he has the ability to play so so many. So you know, nothing on Rogers' um, yeah. third test because he didn't get many minutes. Let's be honest. But again, less disruption going into somewhere that they've got experience and they know what they're coming up against yeah. as in that needs to be close to that 23. How fast Caleb Clark? It's a good question. I'm not too sure. Yeah, is he available and fit? He must be getting close. Yeah. He's certainly around some good blocking lines on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think... Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's nice for me. Sorry. <laughs> it's nice for me. I, I do think, you know, if it's not Caleb, maybe Lester does come back in it. Nothing yeah. on Sevu. He's a genuine 11. Um, so I think that becomes a factor as well. Yep. Um, so one of the big boys, you, you're, you're happy with that, yeah, right, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, he was very nimble. Um, but yeah, it would be great to see one of the big, the big wingers come back into the fold because they can just mm. get you that game line ball that we're mm. talking about. Yeah. yeah, and that's where I like, sorry, harp on, go back to the, the team. That's why I just think Will at fullback, I know they'll, they'll pick Geordie, but man, he's just one guy. You'd argue he has to say he's the best fullback in New Zealand and he can't start at fullback. And I guess what he what he brings is something completely different from what Geordie does. He, he definitely can play a role. Like if you use Colin Betty as an example, the work he does to get off his wing and put himself in position is no different to what Will Jordan can do, like hovering around inside balls that he got from Artie. Like yeah. I, I don't think it's as... Like I think they both need to be there. And, and I, I think Geordie... Uh, Will's a genuine wing... You know, like if they had to pick, like Geordie's the 15 and he's the winger. And, and I do think, and I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but they can inject themselves in the game. Not as much, they don't have as much time to pick things off, but um, where he had success were in those winger roles in that third test where he got his line breaks and um, he just has that knack. You know, he's got his chip and chase game, you know, yeah. it's suited to him on the right flank. Um, and as, as you said, um, you know, if we can get some front foot ball, both of them become a threat. Mm. Does having, let's say you would have Richie Moore at 10, and you know, <coughs> it was probably, you know, considered maybe a better goal kicker than Bowden Barrett, and then David Harvili, who's got the long kicking game that Geordie Barrett brings, does that affect Geordie Barrett's selection in any way? Does that give you options to go in a different direction? Not for me. Nah, I don't think I, again, like I understand the reason like why they have Geordie in there, because he, he's a great player. He brings different strengths to what Will does, and so... In that environment, this is what that's what Fozzie thinks that you know having having both Will and Geordie on at the same time is the best thing for the team. And so, um, the only reason why I bring up like Will is because you know going to South Africa and you'd like to think it's going to be dry conditions and under the veld and especially the big boys of um, the South Africans and how they are. Um, the more times we can get him in positions to be able to do through counter and yes, you, you can get that at wing through roving around like we saw with Adi Severe's inside ball, but. With the kicking game that's coming from the South, from the South Africans, I think more the more time that we can give Will with ball in hand to be able to counter-attack with ball in hand, um, he'll be able to pose a lot more questions. And so that's the only thing that I see the difference with Will. Um, but I can see they're thinking around because with having Geordie at fullback, having swapping them around to put Geordie on the wing and put Will at fullback isn't the same. It's not the same. So I can see the reason why, but um, just th those are the reasons why I'd have Will at fullback. But I can see the thinking of why they have Geordie and Will at, on the wing. Just touching on that play, because that was a really great play. Is that likely to be Will Jordan, who's come up to Artie and said, hey, look, I've seen a little hole here. Have you considered maybe... I'd say it would be ball? on the fly. It would yeah, just be a yeah, simple inside ball call, and yeah. Artie would have heard it and gave it. Yeah, yeah. just saw the hole yeah. and went. Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. Fair enough. Now, the Springboks, they've made a couple of changes. Dwayne Vermeulen back in, um, France staying back in, so that's experience, big time, out Marcel Kutsia and Afalele Fassi. Um, that seems like a relatively good call going into a rugby championship to me. Massive, especially yeah. Stain, man. He can kick them from anywhere. 
um, that, that you know these tests will be tight. Yep. Um, so I think having someone like him um, potentially off the bench late in the game um, will be huge. And Van Mullen. Surprised he missed. Yeah. Missed out the first time. Like, he, he's not just a brute with ball in hand either. He's really good over the ball. Yep. He's a great defender. Um, he, he offers a hell of a lot in terms of leadership and, and that sort of follow me. So he, he's a great get, and you'd have to sort of expect him maybe he walks straight into the eight yeah. jersey, for me, anyway. Yeah. Out of the squad and into the starting 15, just like that. Well, that well is that, that good? That, well, or is it that they were managing their squad in a way where they went, we need to give these guys a chance, we know what yeah. you can do. And yeah. they probably had that conversation, mate, you'll be back for the yeah. All Blacks. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's, he's, yeah, he's arguably one of the best rugby players in the world. So, you know, with the ability with that he can bring defensively, the jackal as well. Like, man, yeah, well, that's how he won. Yeah. It won. They won the last test of jackal. Yeah. And so the more times you can, the more times you can have those kind of players that can, to be honest, most of their forwards can do it. But when you've got someone that's that expertise and can actually get really good line, he's got great technique and actually get over the ball and win that contact area and get those steals, um, it's going to be valuable coming forth for the series for them. It's exciting. I just... Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's definitely not a my sky <laughs> job, is it? You know, it is definitely get up and uh, yeah, and watch it live and get in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do that anymore. I oh. can't deal with the next day. Oh. We haven't played Eden, them for so long until every yeah. though, so you might have to get up, Ross. Well, Eden wakes up at seven o'clock no matter what. So like, if I've gone to bed at five, he's up at seven. I'm like. <laughs> This is hell. Um, I'm just, but if the All Blacks have yeah. won, you're like, we're up. Plus, it misses, it misses out on the opportunity to be indoctrinated into rugby. Mm. You know, yeah, like, chances are his mother's still in bed asleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's not going to be worried about any screen this time going true. on. This I can true. sit there and say, yeah. mate, that is David Harvili. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is very good at the 50 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So take note. <laughs> Here's a ball. Yeah. Kick it around the Read lounge. Read the backfield. <laughs> Don't hit the TV. <laughs> 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 yeah, it will be exciting to get up for that one. Uh, also coming up, more rugby championship, of course, the other two teams, uh, the Wallabies and the Springboks. The Wallabies squad's brought in a few people. Um, Rory Arnold, Fraser McWright, Jock Campbell, Ere Simone, Lalakai Puketi and Matt Gibbon all into the squad. Any surprises there for you? Um, look, I think McWright was probably d deserving oh, of, a, of a selection because I think it was probably unlucky through this former um, Super Rugby Pacific of how well he played for the Reds. Um, and then, you know, had a continuation and played really well in that Pacific Nation series. And so he's one guy that I saw, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty stoked for him because I thought he's been knocking on the door, Jip, and, you know, was probably deserving the first time. But it just shows you've got to keep playing well and he's been given an opportunity that they already deserved. Yeah, and Campbell plays that, that role. He can sort of cover wing, um, fullback, and he, he's... This is going to be very complimentary, and, and, and don't take it the wrong way. But he is Will Jordan. Oh, yeah, I feel that as well. Yep. He is. Um, you know, I don't want to put pressure on the young kid, but he yep. has the ability to find himself out the other side of defensive yep. lines without really knowing how he did it. Yep. Um, so he has got that knack. Um, you know, so he'll, he'll. And there's been a few injuries in the back three, so yep. I, I don't think you're risking too much chucking him out there. Yeah. He's, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great player. Yeah, and it seems to a lot of Australian teams at the moment with their wingers and their, their outside backs, they just, they, they ro they're roving and they've always got a lot of work. They're always working off the ball. And so I'm really glad you said that. Um, obviously, that's a lot of pressure with Will Jordan Howe with how well. Yeah, yeah. But I, I agree with you. He's got a knack to being able to score tries, pop up in the right positions. And, you know, at test level, sometimes that's all you need. That one moment for some guy that can be able to find a knack to get over the, get over the, get over the try line or pop up somewhere, a chip and chase or a, um, an offload. And he's, he's always in and around the ball. So I think um, he's another guy as well that I thought was pretty well deserving of being in that squad as well. I'm excited for Fikiri. 
Oh, I am a big fan of his. I'd love it if his mate Parisi was playing because those two yeah, went more times together. He seems to bring the best out of um, Parisi, but I think he can play that role for someone else. I, I'd love to see him get some decent minutes. Mm. They've got some midfielders. Speaking of midfielders, Samu Karevi off to the Commonwealth Games. The Gitto Law, I mean, it's been around a long time now, uh, currently stands at only picking three overseas players, um, which I think is a little bit different to what the Ghetto Law was originally. <coughs> under test matches, wasn't it? 60, Thanks, um, yeah, Play overseas. Um, Dave Rennie would like it to be four. Does that sound like a good idea for the Wallabies and Aussie rugby? What's one more? Well, what's really yeah, the I difference? Yeah, like, there's no real doesn't. difference. So I don't know why there's a restriction, to be honest. Like, if you're going to go down that route, you might as well go down that route. You're all in and you're all out. Yeah, and, and look, he, look, he just wants to win. So he's obviously got his yeah. eye on a certain amount of players that he wants to get in the squad and, yeah. and, mm. and get the result. Yeah. I can kind of understand it. Like, I presume that they come from a point of protecting their own sponsors and protecting, you know, having people stay in the country yeah. to play but, rugby. But it's also like, the, I'm sure they have a process that they can apply to the board for dispensation for the amount of injuries they've had. Like, mm. the injury toll is ridiculous. Mm. Like, so if it is from a performance base and there's someone that's eligible and available um, from overseas and is keen to join the squad, yeah. I don't see why they'd stand in their own way. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, cause it seems like everyone's doing it now. We're the, New Zealand's the only one that isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's, not, let's not open that up. Let's not open that up. But, um, no, yeah. Yeah, but I, now that would be disruption. Yeah. <laughs> we could have so we could do a whole podcast around who their team would be. Yeah. With the amount of From talent, nine. <laughs> the amount of talent that's over there. Jeez. But yeah. At the same time, you know, domestically, that's where our game is really, really good because these guys stay here. You know, mm. I think for the dream. For the dream, and for the example, like myself, you know, stayed here for nine to ten years. Was able to like, you know, they all play for, the, want to play for the All Blacks and that, but still had success at Super Rugby. Been able to go back to Mighty Ten Cups. Still have like loyalty schemes that New Zealand Rugby Union do really good at. Be able to keep, look after those sorts of players. And so, um, if we open up that Gitto Law or whatever, whatever law it would be, the, the East Nathewa Law, you'd have to think of something like that. Yeah. Um, it would open up a lot of can of worms. You'd probably lose domestically, and, and how strong our competition is in New Zealand. Mm. Mm, no, I totally agree. It seems short-sighted to yeah. not protect what's happening here. Yeah. Things aren't easy as it stands. Well, I know it's not the highest form, but the Bunnings NPC is some of the best viewing, yeah. and that's mm. due to the quality of players that come back. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it's a, like, because you've got the young... It's, it's, it is a young man's game. You've got the under-20s and the school systems that come through, but it's those six years, the 25, the 25 to 29-year-olds that are still in being able to influence those guys and help them and tell them what it looks a, a, like. And, and the 30 player. to 39, come on. That's, well, that's it. Oh, that's <laughs> it. it. Yeah. Hey, hey. Sorry, that's it. Don't, leave the, don't <laughs> leave the old battlers out, that's mate. Like, I'm, I'm classing to that yeah, now. Yeah, 30 yeah, now yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But yeah, but you, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, you look at the NRC and the, in Australia, you know, struggle at that kind of level. Um, and then you've got the Curry, South, Curry, Curry Cup's pretty definitely good. taken a hit, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely not as strong as it, it yeah. once was. Yeah. I suppose that the hard thing for them is the Curry Cup takes a hit, but on the other hand, you can call in Dwayne Vermeulen and France Stain. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's what they've opened up because they've yeah. got the ability to pick players from all over the world. Yeah. You know, it's just the Curry Cup that's probably the competition. You know, the, the level goes down to where it once was, where it was a formidable competition. Yeah, yeah. Argentina. Michael Checker has welcomed back um, some good players. Yeah. Montoya, Gabelli, Sanchez, Cordero. Thank you fighting chance. Cabelli and Sanchez, I think, is massive. Mm. Um, just, yeah. Cabelli's one of those halfbacks that just can create something out of nothing. He's yeah. so competitive and in your face. Like, I remember every time I was throwing a line out, he was just yelling at me the whole time. <laughs> like, just just absolutely spraying me. I, I remember I scored against the Brumbies, and you know, he was playing for the Brumbies, and I think he came over the top to tackle me, and he just 
like, I just scored a try and he was abusing me. I was like, mate. <laughs> just scored a try, mate. I was like, he's just that competitive. So I think yeah. that energy is um, infectious at that test match level. And then Sanchez, you know he's got a steady boot. He yeah. can kick his goals. Um, and, he, and he gives a, a lot of confidence to set up, um, you know, I suppose, Buffelli and, and those to inject themselves yeah. and add their flair while he has that sort of control. Um, and, and ever since they've been in the All Blacks, I think he's been well balanced. You know, they don't, they're not over trying to overachieve mm. by play, you know, have the most offloads, but yeah. you know, they, they don't give those 50-50s anymore. And I think his experience yeah. is, is massive on that. And they won't want to be turning over too much pill no. um, against Australia. And when they obviously come against the All Blacks, that's where they, that, yeah. that's probably the strongest part of the game. And what, is the All and what you do with having a 10 like that, it's, it's game management as well and big moments yes. in games. And so anytime you can get a guy like that who's, who's that experience, that success of beating the All Blacks, playing in high quality matches, whether it be overseas or coming back to play for Argentina, anytime you can get, bring a person like that into the environment, which they're going to need, because anytime you know, you're going to play the All Blacks or you know, the Australians or the South Africans, the more experience you can have and been able to, I guess, you know, even the, who's the young 10 that was playing there at the moment with them? Um, through Sanchez has been playing, so not too sure what his name is, but like a young, you know, there's been a younger generation that's been able to come up, and so anytime you can bring that guy in to, I guess, um, upskill them and help them with their leadership role and being able to have game management for the next crop coming through, um, that's something that he can add to that environment as well. I remember sitting in Buenos Aires watching a training and watching him kick goals, and he was just seated half an hour, and I just sat back in the chair on the side of the sideline and just watched him go, and it was like metronomic, you know, yeah. it was just hypnotizing it was so beautiful he's like, got such a nice technique so yeah. easy so smooth he's got a great yeah. tan as it's well like Bryn's golf swing he's got a great tan <laughs> so good great tan. it's not mine's <laughs> terrible mine's terrible at the moment yeah. <laughs> well, will you be getting much of a tan over in Japan it's well, 36 you... degrees at the moment oh, yeah. so 77 like percent humidity yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching the um, WhatsApp page. That's so not the WhatsApp page, the Instagram page, and think they've got four trainings in one day. So I'm really looking forward to nice heading over there and go over and in that year. Yeah, immersing myself into that culture. Four trainings in one day. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Can't you, wait. You will it. love it. You will. Love yeah. It. No, I'm looking forward to it though. Look, really looking forward to it. That's it. We'll miss having you around here, but of course you're just going to be in the screen. Well, that's right? it. Yeah. Oh. Well, just probably going to get a little bit of a sore neck. Nah, nice yeah, to have a, right. you know, yeah, it's a sore been, neck. It's been good to have you here, man. Yeah, it's been <laughs> nice being back. Yeah, bringing the energy. Well, we've got something for you oh. that you can... Um, what do we got here? Oh. Manscaped? It's going to help you with your four trainings a day. It's the Britain... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bib. <laughs> the veteran's bib to get That's you out awesome. of training. Oh, let me, contact, it, let me check it. Let me see it. Fits. I'll tell you what, this is good in Japan. Enjoy, mate. Enjoy I tried to get it as tight as possible so you could wear it in the nightclubs. I just think you go like... Shirtless underneath. Yeah, just, just yeah. Well, it'll be that hot. Shirtless. It'll be that hot, so. Oh, awesome. Send us a pic. I will, mate. Thank you, Les. Really appreciate that. And uh, we've got a card for you from some of your good mates. Uh, Listen, open, open now, John. Yeah, open yeah, open yeah, now, John. Right. Yeah, yeah, is it? Okay, let's have a look. Bear with me, viewers. It's from Matt. Just a small note. <laughs> just a small note to say a big thank you. Yeah. Brenner, all the best on the next adventure. Looking forward to learning all the yarns. Or hearing all the yarns, sorry. We'll miss the motivation your mates the Melbourne Rebels. <laughs> Seriously though. Have a great time over there, mate. See you soon on the big screen. They are P team. Cheers. Rebels safe, Thanks, mate. Appreciate Rebel it, guys. Safe. Yeah, absolutely. And the Rebels true. Yeah, the Rebels. Yeah. Look forward to seeing previewing you guys next year. <laughs> Can't wait. Awesome, mate. We'll look forward to seeing you on the big screen next week. Yeah. All the best on the travels. Cheers. Hope it all goes well. Settle in well. Thanks, boys. Appreciate yeah. it. I'll see you back here. This oh, time next wait. week.
Jeez, and we'll talk some more footy heading into these big oh, test matches. Bring it on. Exciting. Oh, I'm looking forward to talking footy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not yeah, yeah. coaching management structures. Well, <laughs> if what, I'm honest. Who knows what I'm a little bit out of my depth <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an opinion, opinion piece. Yeah, oh, That's sweet. Good. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. This is like a press conference. Felt like a journalist. It'll be a tough edit. It'll be a tough edit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, let's go. Okay, thank you very much, guys. That is us for another week. Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Enjoy your footy. We'll catch you again next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.